0: I don't remember if we normally do this, but mild disclaimer time. One, there are a couple points where Vigil's mic pops. Uh, and so you might hear a little bit of distortion. It only happened a few times in the episode. Couldn't fix it in post. Not a huge deal, but we did resolve it later in the show. So if you're hearing that and you think we don't know about it, we did. Promise it won't happen too much throughout the episode. And two, um, yeah, there are some couple swears and a lot of curses in this episode. You know what I mean? Ah, ah. But yeah, a couple swears. So not not a ton but a few sprinkled throughout, including Neff Bomb. It happens. It was funny at the time.
1: Every episode of The Angry Chicken is made possible by our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash For more of Jocelyn's content, check out jocplays.com, and if you can't get enough of Ridiculous Hat, follow him over on Twitter at RidiculousHat. The Angry Chicken is a production of AMOVE TV. Time's up! Let's do this! Legendary! <laughs> oh, you of <laughs> You smell like a leper gnome! I knew it! <laughs> so hot! <laughs> a
2: podcast about Hearthstone and Battlegrounds. This is The Angry
1: Chicken!
0: It's the Angry Chicken! Hi! Welcome! How's it going? I have two other podcasts. I have to find some way to differentiate the intro here. So here we go. I am your host for today, Ridiculous Hat. Welcome to episode 483 of the Angry Chicken. I am joined by my co-host Joss Plays. Joss, how you doing? I've been better. <laughs> you have been. We're going to talk about that in a second. But drink plenty of water, stay hydrated. And also, friend, known vocalist... Jonathan Vigil is here with us today as well.
2: Hello, guys. How are you guys doing today?
0: Doing all right, doing all right. How are you? How was your tour? I want to hear about that?
2: Uh, it was good. It was good. Um, not to get too into it, but uh, it was our first time. Uh we got in a bus accident back in 2015. It was our first time back on a tour bus um for this. Like we've played shows, but we've never been on tour tour. So it was a uh it was a learning curve getting back to it, but it's it's it's
0: it's nice. Feels it good. I'm glad you all were able to get back into it. How, how weird was it? It was pretty weird, right? Well,
2: I I don't know how deep you want to go into this, but. <laughs>
0: You are a fan favorite. I like the source of that is me 30 seconds ago. I want to hear about it. So our our (laughs) listeners are going to hear about it. Let's go. Come on.
2: Okay. So, so uh, yeah, back in 2015, we were in, we were on tour and our, our bus uh, collided head on with a semi and uh, both drivers uh, passed away, left every, all 10 of us that were on the bus in the hospital. Um, Our drummer lost his leg. I broke my back, my neck, both ankles or my ACL. Like we all had various injuries. And so, um, we came back, uh, in 2018, 2019 and, uh, just played shows here and there, like not actually, uh, been on tour. So this was our first time being back and, um, everyone in the band was very confident that they could just go on tour and be in a bus again and close their eyes, except for me. So I flew, um, on the overnight drives, the, the drives that I had to be asleep in my bunk, I f- actually flew from show to show because I was terrified of trying to fall asleep in a moving vehicle again. So I flew from Cleveland to Toronto, Toronto to C- Quebec city, Quebec to, um, where do we play? Uh, somewhere in the Northeast. I can't remember.
1: I didn't realize you were coming to Canada. If I knew you were gonna be in Toronto, I definitely would have been there. <laughs> Assuming it wasn't in the last week and a half. Like it was
2: <laughs> no, it was it was it was a mess. It was we played <laughs> we played uh Missis, Mississauga, is that you say it?
1: Mississauga, yeah.
2: Yeah, we played down there and there was a a festival going on at the same time and it was like impossible for anybody to get anywhere. So the show was amazing, but
1: either way. Well, I'm sorry I missed you. <laughs> no, it's
2: okay. We'll be back. Um, but yeah, so one day we just had an off day and I was just in 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 the bus. Just we were driving. It was a day drive. I had slept in a hotel the night before, so I was fine. And I just got in a bunk and out of nowhere, I just, I just woke up and an hour had passed. So my mental block of me being like, I can't get in the bus again and go to sleep like was gone because I just fell asleep not thinking about it. So.
1: Yay! Uh, yeah, it was
2: it was cool. It's cool. It was cool being back and i uh, playing shows again and all the stuff we have coming up is is kind of just one offs and, and festivals and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of background uh, on me. Thank you guys for uh, being interested.
0: Of course. It's thanks for sharing that with us. And I'll just say, like, I'm glad you're still with us. Me, too, man. Me, too. That story is pretty crazy, though. It inspired a lot of the music on your most recent album. It did put a lot of there's it some did. fire in those songs. they got a sound bite on here, but I'm not gonna play it until later. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather you not play any sound bites if you I can just <laughs> yell really loud if that's what you want. You right? <laughs> could you turned off the compressor in your microphone. We don't know what's gonna happen. That's true. Getting <laughs> getting
2: well, real thank right you now. So
0: much. Well, thank you so much for being here. Really glad you could join us, and Joss. Um, I know how you are. Why don't you give the listeners just a little update in, in the life of Joss over the past month? We've missed a couple episodes here and there. It is not due to a lack of commitment on our part. It is due to Joss's life being uh, difficult to even fit on a single calendar page.
1: <laughs> I think it's totally okay to just call it what it is. And that is a total shit show. <laughs> so yeah. that's, our, that's our swear for the episode.
0: <laughs> There'll be more...
1: There will be more, yeah, but no, it's been uh, it's been really, really crazy. Obviously, like we knew adopting two puppies was going to be. A lot of work, but uh, they both got sick at the same time and we were getting no sleep at all. So um, that was one of the cancellations. And then unfortunately, last week I got COVID uh, for the first time in two and a half years. We've been uh, really, really careful because of all of my other medical stuff. And I got even more bad medical news in the last couple of weeks. But um Yeah, we've been really, really careful over the last two and a half years, and there was uh, my cousin's wedding um, a week and a half ago, and uh, unfortunately, one of the bridal party had it and gave it to everybody, so... Um, yeah, it's uh, really, really, really unfortunate and I've been having a really hard time with it. So I'm a unicorn today. And uh, I appreciate you guys, Um, you know, just being here helping me out Vigil for, for coming on and helping Hat and Hat for hosting uh, because, yeah, my voice is not going to hold up. I can't do... Too much talking. I'm super exhausted. <laughs> um, And I have like every COVID symptom in the book. But my fever broke. So I don't have a fever anymore. Hooray. <laughs> but everything Yay. else is terrible. <laughs> well, if it's any
2: consolation, you are a very, very pretty unicorn. So. Oh, thank you. That works.
0: <laughs> for, for audio listeners, we're talking about the stream graphic. Her avatar is a unicorn today. It is a cute little unicorn that's sitting on its butt. And it's a, it's the prettiest little unicorn there is she's very adorable <laughs> yes so joss feel better listeners you're gonna hear her muted more often throughout this episode or rather you're gonna hear less of her overall because the coughing stuff and you know just general covid but don't worry joss is along for the ride and she might not swear more but we have some curses to talk about see you see what i did there she that was it. very good <laughs> thank you um but before we do that we're going to head into the news. Talk about a few things coming up here. Good news, everyone. <laughs> hey, there was a Master's Tour. Master's Tour Maw and Disorder. It just happened. For those of you that haven't seen it, spoiler warning. For the Spoiler, I'm going to say a name. Uh, Fury Hunter 1. He's Yay. really good at Hearthstone. It's becoming really difficult to look at the past year or two of Master's Tours. And make any argument against the game being skill based because the same people over and over again that keep making incredible progress. Fury Hunter was fifteen and zero on day one, not lose a game. Ridiculous.
1: And he he was actually uh, he was one of the players um, who kind of was starting out when I was working at DreamHack, and um, he's a pretty nice person just in person, anyways. Um, but he uh he's been a really really consistent Hearthstone player for a while, and they were saying um I think in the top top sixteen or top eight whatever the first matches were of the because I watched a lot of this because I couldn't do anything else, <laughs> um, so um I think it was it was at the start of the third day anyways, and they were talking about how um it didn't really matter where he finished from then on because he's just accumulated so many points because of his consistency that he was likely to get an invite to the championship anyway. So like of all the people to, you know, make it to the third day, he basically had already written his ticket to the fall championships. So um, it was uh, it was kind of interesting to see that kind of consistency on display. And we've seen a lot of it in the last couple of years anyways, with like people winning back to back tours and, you know, like just being in the top sixteen or top eight over and over and over again, and yeah, Fury Hunter is one of those. And it was so, it was so nice to see him win a tournament. I he's one of the ones that I cheer for
0: whenever he's whenever he's on stream. Yeah, looking at the stats here, the most recent Masters Tour was Nathria. He went six and two, got twenty fourth place. The one before that, he was top sixteen. So, uh, like you said, it's just he's a name that we just kept hearing over and over again. Uh, And we have a few of those. So he won the Master's Tour, looking at the deck list here, uh, with Beast Hunter, Curse Imp Warlock. What a great deck. uh, 30-card Spooky Mage with the Frozen Touches. And Boar Priest, which Boar Priest and Celestial Druid both overperformed this event because people were looking for a way to punish Renathal Greed, and there weren't too many options, but they found a couple of them, and that's one of them. So Fury Hunter won over Leander Leal in the finals, Construct and Spring in the top four. We look overall at the makeup of the top four lineups. There were three Imp Warlocks, two of them had curses, a couple Control Shamans, three of the Big Beast Wild Seed Hunters, three ramp Druids, a Thief Rogue, a couple Ping Mages, a Boar Priest, a Quest Priest. Pretty decent representation. Uh, but, you know, we did see Warlock, Hunter, and Druid were definitely the ones that we saw the most of, and they are you know... The thief rogue surprised me a little bit, and the boar priest, I thought the deck was gone, but people really want to find a way to punish the slow stuff, and that was one of the ways to do it, so it worked pretty well in this event i don't
2: I don't think I've ever won a a single game with boar priest, and, I, I, and I've tried it's so
0: difficult to play it's so, yeah, so not a
1: really difficult, yeah a really difficult deck,
0: yeah, it's you end up playing it. It's all about just turbo draw, but also you have to sequence your four effects that can kill your own boars very specifically. You have to make sure none of them get stolen or, uh, or like eaten out of your hand or whatever. And it's, I have messed up with that deck more than I've won with it. It's, it's kind of like a Garrote Rogue, but worse. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't expect to see a lot of it on ladder, especially after the nerfs. So that was our Master's Tour. That was the last one for the year until World Championships, which is in a couple months, uh, which is the, the second week in December. Though we do have Lobby Legends this upcoming weekend. And Fall Championships too, right?
1: So Fall Championships yes, feed too. into the World Championships. So yeah, we still have a little bit more standard um,
0: Hearthstone. We do. See, I'm glad you're here. You're keeping me on top of stuff. And Lobby <laughs> Legends, Murlock Eyes this weekend. Don't know if any of you got to see the selection video for the lobbies. But they tried to put a Murloc hat on Griffy. He did not like the hat. Griffy <laughs> is Abar's dog, pivotal member member of the Hearthstone esports department. But beyond tournament news, we also had some patch teases for Patch twenty four point four point three. We got a new format of update on this. A new format of, of like a Twitter social media notification. So, we got a tweet on Tuesday that says, Patch notes are coming this Thursday. Look forward to updates on cards like Theotar the Mad Duke, Stag Spirit Wildseed, Bear Spirit Wildseed, and Harpoon Gun. And there's a graphic that says 24.4.3 that has circular images of the card art. No words in the image, the image is all in the tweet. That's important because the image itself has no words. You don't need to wait for localization. You don't need to translate this image. You just give it to the local social teams, and they tweet it out in their own language. So one of the things that we heard, why we don't get to find out until the day of the patch or the day before the patch, why we don't know what the cards are, is because they worry about localization, about it only, like, if it's on Twitter, it's only in English, and then a bunch of fans have to translate it. There is no translation required with this image. just a picture. And then the social teams in various languages can take care of figuring out how to to word it. Now, the wording's a little funky.
1: I was going to say, are we worried at all that... This is like the biggest troll in the history of Hearthstone because of the word like, where they're like yes. look forward to updates to card like, and then they list four cards that people think need nerfs, but then they just go, Oh, spoiler alert, you know what a card like Theatar is? Mutanus."
2: <laughs> so so they didn't use yeah, they didn't say they didn't say nerfs or buffs. They said look forward to updates.
1: Update, yeah, true. <laughs> on
2: cards like and then they have like like how I was saying the circular circular images but they are all outlined in a reddish yellow orange color. So to me, mm. just looking at this, mm. it looks like it is a very clear nerf coming. I've also played with these cards and they're all busted and they need to get nerfed. But <laughs> but but just from the looking at the graphic to me instantly i'm like these are all getting nerfed like that just makes
1: sense look at vigil with the color theory
0: yeah (laughs) channeling his inner garrett (laughs) i think that's a smart read but joss i had the same thought you did because also what if they nerf more cards what if there's more stuff that's not on this list
1: yeah, that was my original thought is that we're not looking at the, at just these four cards, that it's these four plus other stuff, because I think like a lot of people took this to mean just these four cards and then we're like, but what about insert their most hated deck here? And I do think that there's other things that could potentially go on this list as well. But um, I think they wanted to maybe get out ahead of some of this kind of hunter hate that's going on right now um especially around the wild seeds and and then theotar as well and oh man theotar i i do want to talk about theotar a bit in terms of um what we think the nerf might be because man i really am starting to hate this card (laughs) and it's really unfortunate because he's i've talked about it before he's one of my favorite characters from the new expansion and wow like he's just got so much flavor. He's so interesting. And then you put him in Hearthstone. And I'm like, I hate you. Every single time I see you, I hate you. <laughs> that sucks. But uh, I think there's there's a few different ways that they could potentially change him. And I'm interested to know what they're going to do.
2: I, I think the main point of this tweet and this image and letting it out like this is for these four cards obviously caused the most. Um, uh, what sort I'm looking for the most, uh, I guess, angst about uh, the current meta. So it's like, hey guys, these four we're targeting. These four we're gonna do a lot. You know, we're gonna do more, more stuff, buffs, nerfs, whatever we're gonna do. But we hear you guys. We're gonna appease you by letting you know these four are coming. But you know, there's there's whatever else is gonna be there. So I think that this is kind of smart and being like. Hey, uh, you know, we're not ready to put out the whole fire right now, but we're letting you know that we have this locked and loaded, ready to go. These specific for that, you know, this crazy witch hunt is for.
0: It doesn't have too many fires, does it? There's quite a bit of diversity. I don't know. It's so to your point, Vigil, what do you think they're going to do to Theo? How do you think they're going to change him?
2: How how do I want them to change it or what do I think (laughs) they're going to do?
0: Give me both. That is the question. Yeah, I think.
2: I think they're just going to make it cost one more. Okay. I think it needs to cost two more and get buffed in the stats. The The fact that you can like play other cards in the same turn that you play this is really, it, it, I think is the, the detriment. I think that's, that's so brutal. Like being like, okay, I can steal this and then play whatever I stole. If it's not like a Denathrius or whatever, it's like, Hey, not only can I steal this, you don't have a chance to Theotar back what I took from you. So it's like I can steal your, um, you know, your hero, your uh, the hunter hero card. I forgot what it's called. Tavish. Tavish. I can steal your Tavish and play it instantly and you don't have a chance to play it. I can steal your Tamsin and play it instantly and you don't have a chance to steal it back. Like, so I think it needs to be, I think it needs to be, too, the, honestly, the I think it needs to be more. thing
1: you do in your turn, right? So it's exactly. not... Him and the result of him, yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point. For me, I would almost like to see his effect changed. Um, And although now, like now that you've said it, now that you've talked about mana cost, um, in terms of making him maybe six himself, um, I do kind of like that idea because you're right. Like being able to steal something and play something. I saw so much conversation around Denathrius, and oh, I get my Denathrius stolen. It's like. There are so many other decks out there, though, that, like, you can basically play Theotar against anything. It's not even like Mutanus, where you have to try to make sure that your opponent, like, has a minion in hand, right? And it can whiff sometimes. Like, Theotar never whiffs, right? Like, he always takes something. So, I think that, like... um just the idea of making it so you can't take and play in the same turn would be good because there's so much disruption you can do, even if somebody is playing a more like mid range or more aggressive deck and Denathrius isn't a factor like you can always screw over your opponent, which then as the opponent doesn't feel very good. Um, so I like the idea of not being able to theater and play the thing in the same turn. Or if you do want to play the thing, you have to pick something that's like one to four mana, right? Which is then by nature going to be less powerful, right? So I like the idea of of going up a couple mana. Um but for me, like I was just even think like <laughs> although I would like to see him nerfed like into the ground <laughs> and never see him played again. So like the idea of discovering something either from the deck or making the effect random in that like you lose a random card from your hand and you gain a random card from your opponent, which makes it less targeted like you it takes some of the decision away from you um, and then therefore makes the card weaker like that's the kind of change that i was hoping to see but like i said I, now that you've told the talked about two mana i'm like oh two mana that might actually be something you know that's that's a big enough nerf that you can keep the kind of player agency in the card
2: well i i think the idea behind a card like that is like it's hearthstone trying to introduce uh more interaction Because, um, you know, in previous years, it's all been, you know, I do my turn, you do your turn, I do my turn, you do your turn, and then you do that until until one of you has a a bigger, better board, whatever. But it's like adding this element of interaction lets you kind of sculpt a different route that you can take, as opposed to like I need to build a bigger board, I need to kill you with my board. It's like oh. I not only can do this, I can take away your win con or I can take away your combo piece or I can do this or I can weave this in and, you know, I can brand it, whatever. It's like, I think that interaction is, is, I think that kind of interaction is really good for Hearthstone. I think it makes it a more complex game and it makes games, it it, it creates a, I think more of a skill, uh, more of a skill uh, gap where it's like, the obvious thing, it's not always obvious what to take because you can go different ways with it, you know, and I think I, I like that interaction. I just think it's way, way too strong in the fact that it's like in it, it's in every single deck, like a is in every single game, whether I'm theotaring or I'm getting theotar. it's in every single game. And it's yeah. like that interaction is cool, but it also makes the game boring and stale if it's the same thing every single time.
1: Yeah, and you're right, Bran. I, I had totally even forgotten about the interaction with Bran. But yeah, getting Bran Theotard is just, like, it table flipping. <laughs> like, I just... It makes me want to quit the game, right? Is I'm like, I don't even know... Like, even if you don't take... Like, you can only take two cards. You've still probably seen my entire hand. Like, it's so much information.
0: <laughs> even aside from the stealing part. Like, oh man. It is... I think we can agree it is seen way too often. This is not the kind of card you want to be the most popular card in standard, or something that defines any long game in standard. Uh, and it is too little of a sacrifice to include in play. You can just throw it out there on curve between your like you have if you're playing druid, you can throw it out between a wild growth and like a, and like a guff turn or something. You can just you can just have it. I really like the idea of 6-mana 4-4. Four, four. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know if they feel a need to hugely nudge it. And 1-mana matters, right? Because think about mm-hmm. how many smothering starfish have any of you seen recently? Because I've seen none. And a 1-mana nerf was the right thing there because it just says you have to decide if you want to run this card or not. But Theotar, I think, feels so powerful and feels so frustrating to lose to that players are going to feel a need to include it. I don't want to completely delete it because... Back in the day, before they did a and Mutinesses and whatever, if you were a control deck, you got a matchup against a combo deck, that was it. You just... that was it. So, something to do is better than nothing to do, and if you put Theo at 6 mana, you're basically saying, I have to run this to not lose to this matchup, but I don't wanna. I have to. And that's kind of where I want Theo to be. But the most important thing, and the reason why I'm on board with that 6 mana jump right away... I do not want Theotard to define day one of next expansion. Mm. If we go into the theorycrafting stream and I get Theotard by other streamers, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to (laughs) lose it. Like, we're here to have fun. Don't take something away from me during a theorycraft stream. I'll find them. I'll hunt them down. (laughs) Um, We also have some hunter changes here. So we got some specifics on cards that were named, and we don't know if these are all of them. My instinct is that, just a digression, I think I'm going to bet these are all the card changes because the last patch was pretty successful and was smaller in scope, and I think one of the concerns that we, that we on the show uh, really uh, championed was that Voyage was too much. There were four metas in eight weeks, It was way too much to keep track of. There were giant piles of cards that got pushed and pulled around, and it was hard to keep track of. It made the format feel so different. Last patch was smaller and more precise. Remember the language they used, high confidence changes, was the language they used over and over again. If they hit just these four cards, we roughly know what's going to happen. The rest of the format doesn't seem to have too many crazy outliers around it. Especially if if two of these three hunter cards are wild seeds. You don't even run those in the deck. They're just generation options. I think that's probably a good spot to be in. We don't need huge shifts, and if people really want like combo decks and from-hand decks to come back, that is not something you're going to fix here with a nerf and buff patch unless you go absolutely wild off the wall, and they're not going to do that a month before next expansion. So, mm-hmm. Stag Spirit Wild Seed, that is the 3-turn uh, one, the 5-4 that gives you a 3-2 weapon. It was nerfed once before. It used to give a 4-2 weapon now because it's a 3-2. Bear Spirit, that's the two turn, two five taunt, and Harpoon Gun. You probably all know what that is, but that is a three mana three two weapon. When you attack, you dredge, and if you hit a beast, it costs three less. It used to be that if you hit a beast, it costs two less, and I'm guessing we're going back to that. I'm guessing that we're reverting.
2: I, I, I would bet a lot of money on that because getting that into the Mama Bear taunt is backbreaking. It's like, if you're on the other side of it, you're just like, here's this taunt that you're never gonna deal with. Like, it's gonna poop out other taunts. Super
1: early King crushes.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. six mana crushes is, is is crazy too. It's
0: crushing. (laughs) oh i can tell that you're sick because you're trying to make jokes like i am that's not good for anybody (laughs) medically inadvisable turn four Hydrolodon is what gets me that's just like it's so so hard to beat a turn four Hydrolodon because it's just you're facing Mm. down 17 attack and also they hit your stuff
2: yeah I, i think that obviously the health is the problem for the bear so i think two four uh, I I can't see it going a two three. I think that's too much of a of a hit. So I I, I would I would bet that it's going to be a two four bear with taunt. But what Kay. do you what do you guys think for the stag? Because like you said, it got nerfed once already. I I have no idea if if it is getting nerfed. I have no idea what the nerf would be because maybe the body, maybe make it a four four. I mean,
1: it's I- really yeah, it's really interesting because they're not actually playable cards right like these are all the the results of the dormant wild seeds so mana cost isn't something you can even consider here right like unless you're going to change the mana cost of the spells and minions themselves that generate the wild seeds um but if you're looking at changing the wild seeds themselves i agree with you on the bear i think that's probably a, a one health less um for the taunt but uh yeah the the stag is interesting because it is a long time to wait those three turns if you don't have the and I'm totally blanking on the name of it, but the spell that makes wild them spirits. wake up while. OK, yeah, that makes them wake up uh, one turn faster like it it is a long time to wait. So it should have a payoff, but it also feels like such a power spike when it happens even though, like, it can't even attack right away. Like, it doesn't have charge. It doesn't have rush. It just wakes up and sits there as a 5-4. But even that's enough to just be something you can't straight up ignore. So, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe they take the weapon down again and make it a 2-2 two, two instead of a 3-2. But uh, I think they need to remove some of the attacks somewhere, whether that's on the stag itself or whether it's on the weapon. It's got to come down.
0: Yeah, I... Like, so the thing that I think about is school teacher. Remember that in Voyage, school teacher, the, people would just play it as a four mana, five, four, and just hit you with it. And that was a threat. And also, you got the noggling, and also, you got the spell off the noggling. It was just so efficient and so powerful. And it was it was a threat. And the difference between five, four and four, four is kind of huge because it's. The breakpoint instead of six attacks it's eight nine nine eight attacks, eight attacks for thirty for to break the thirty damage breakpoint lot slower, trades worse uh and I don't think they want to go to four three because that's how they over nerf school teacher and I don't like the idea of five three either because if the five attack is the problem for the decks that are facing the pressure then Five three just means either I have the removal spell and now it's actively good for me and bad for you, or I don't into the same experience before. Just polarize the experience more instead of smoothing it out. And what they want to do is they want to smooth out the hits. You can't do anything to the fox. The only changes you could make to any of these that aren't uh stats are how long they take to wake up, and all of those are catastrophically huge nerfs, so they're probably not gonna do that. Mm-hmm.
1: So they can make it a three zero. <laughs> it just wakes up and dies. <laughs> they could, but that'd be
0: sad. <laughs> Poor little fox. Aw, <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to fox. It's okay. So, like, I get that these are, and the wild seed cards are the best cards in the deck. If you look at the mulligans, at least for the early game, what I want to do when I face big beast hunter is I want to be able to get under the defensive stuff. And that's what all these nerves seem to be doing. But also, the stagner's is a little different because if you're trying to go punch for punch with hunter, they never run out of stuff never, never, never. There's so much stuff. Visually, you've been playing a lot of this deck, right? Has anyone ever been able to actually, like, run you out of things?
2: No, it feels like you always have stuff to do. Like, always. Uh, I play the... Are all the lists uh, XL lists? 40-card lists? Or is there a 30-card list? I don't know.
0: The vast majority are Renathal based because Mm -hmm. the extra 10 life is just so important because otherwise you just get run over. And in addition to that, it... Having more life kind of has a uh, like a, a ripple effect. You don't have to trade as much if you have more life. It's not only that you get to have a bigger buffer against aggro, but also you get to trade less because you know you'll be alive when your mountain bear comes online. So you actually get to pressure more because of it too. So haven't been any thirty card lists that have really made a splash.
2: Sure. So I um
0: I go in I go in waves with Hearthstone. I
2: go without playing Hearthstone for a little bit. And then I play nothing but Hearthstone. And uh this was a deck I picked up when I was getting back into playing Hearthstone again. And I so I was at uh you know bronze uh 10, whatever the lowest rank was. And I went 14 and zero with this deck. It is crazy how consistent it can be as a 40 card list. And yeah, like like you were saying, you just never run out of stuff. You can play uh, Batty Guest on turn one. You can play um, uh, the Peasant on turn one. And you just like have a one, two, three, four, five curve. That is just if you get it, it's it feels like it's unstoppable because what you get from the harpoon gun, you cheat out stuff way sooner than it should be played. And it's just like I feel like the opponent doesn't have time to like adapt it's just like here is all this pressure deal with it deal with it deal with it deal with it oh and by the way i'm never running out of stuff to do because i get two wild seeds from from this card and i'm you know doing this and i'm doing that and i oh these two the this mama bear drops two two smaller bears like have fun with that i'm gonna develop behind these taunts like it's it's crazy the deck is 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 it was i mean was it's probably gonna get nerfed
0: it's it's nuts i feel confident it's gonna get nerfed because there's a picture with red circles, <laughs> with red circles, yes. As you so keenly identified, yeah. that, was, that is that is the color of Nerfs, my friend. That is well, what that con- color means.
2: Well, the contrast of the spirits and the outer, you know, red orange circle around it is very contrasting. That's how I first noticed. That. I'm like, oh, these are all red, so. That's, my, uh, my, that's as far as my d- uh, skills of deduction go. That's about all I got.
0: Murlock Holmes will be calling you for the next murder at Nathria.
2: <laughs> I, I actually have still never successfully got all three clues with Murloc. Ever.
0: It's, it's difficult. Um, so this is all we have for patch 24.4.3. We know the patch notes are coming Thursday. We don't know when the patch itself is coming. We don't know if there are any other changes. Perhaps Battlegrounds changes, I don't know. Perhaps Mercenaries changes, I don't know. Who knows what they could do. But we will have the patch notes tomorrow, because that said so in this patch. Could be a patch tomorrow as well. Maybe they'll wait till Friday again, but they probably don't want to do that. Could be next week, but I I don't think it'll be next week, will it? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, um... It kind of
1: seems like it's a small-ish patch if we're talking about, you know, four cards in standard and then maybe a couple changes in a couple of other modes. So, I don't know. I, I would say it's probably coming this week.
2: Yeah, I, I think the patch, patch comes next day is when it goes live. That's my guess.
0: I'm hoping we get both tomorrow, but we'll see. I'm just greedy and have the day off tomorrow and I want to play some Hearthstone with nerf <laughs> stuff. So, we're going to manifest... Two mana to Theotar. We're manifesting. That's what we're hoping for. They did do a couple of server-side hotfix patches. I'm not going to go too deep into these. They did some BG armor changes. They fixed some bugs, whatever. Um, The thing that I like, that I want to make sure I say on the air, is that in the most recent one, they listed, with the armor changes, which heroes got more armor and which heroes got less. And I don't know if you all know this, the amount of armor a BG's hero currently has is not on the website. The official website anywhere so i had to go to the wiki and pull out entries and half of them were just wrong so there's like a community managed spreadsheet by i think jay correct or Pockyplays plays does it but they just in the notes they just said these heroes got more armor these heroes got less whoever wrote those notes thank you for making me sound slightly smarter on the air when i talk about bg's 'Cause it's been a couple times now where I've tried to rationalize why something got nerfed and then it actually got buffed. So I'm glad that we don't have to do that anymore.
2: And uh a quick shout out to whoever on the Blizzard team takes care of the uh red exclamation mark bug because that drove me Oh my god insane. <laughs> yep. Drove me insane. I like straight up I I forgot how many times I was just playing like, oh, I have a new I I have to claim this. And then I would go and there'd be nothing and I'd be like, I want to <laughs> shut my computer
0: down and never turn it on again
2: because this is pissing me off.
0: That was <laughs> Walt on the. F- he's a features engineer, he does mostly collection stuff. Walt, thank you for fixing that. He tweeted that even though he knew why the bug happened and had already committed a fix for it, he fell for it every time. <laughs> So <laughs> That's it's not actually just you. amazing. <laughs> it's very funny objectively, but I'm also glad it's gone and he was the one that added in the exclamation mark in BG's when you have something to uh, to when you have a rewards to claim so it just wanted to more evenly distribute exclamation marks throughout the app. So, Walt, big fan, thank you. And as a reminder thank for you, those Walt. of you 24.6 the next major patch which we should be getting in a couple of weeks ish, 2 to 3 weeks. We have been informed that they will have the update where the BG's reward track will flip to the page of the first unclaimed thing. <gasps> you don't have to click through. Yeah. That's coming. Two or three weeks. I like that. Estimated. What else would be date.
1: coming in, in 24.6? Pre-order. Oh, oh, my God. That's so soon. I'm not done. I'm not done my my standard. I've done my BG's um Tavern Pass, but I'm not done my standard one yet. So, oh, man. I, I'm close. I'm like, I'm in the 80s, but... You have to make sure yeah. I get it because that sweet Sylvanas, I need her.
0: <laughs> She's pretty great. Yeah the the pre order will be talking about the next expansion in under a month. Um, we yep, it's coming up pretty fast. Also twenty four point six usually gets some Merc stuff, including a fix to the Mercs excess coin solution, which means I might actually play some again because that's a big big deal for those of us still tangentially engaging with Mercs. I'm not spending Mercs a lot of time. Actually came there.
1: out a year ago today. It did.
0: I'm trying to decide if I want to ask, how do we feel about it? And I'm pretty sure I don't want to ask. <laughs> I mean, like,
1: honestly, I don't even think we need to make it a big conversation because I think you were the only one that was really actively engaged with it. And you just said, you know, you're not really playing all that much of it at all. So I, uh, yeah, I don't think I've played it since the first week. <laughs> it's really just not my jam.
2: Vigil? <laughs> I, I, uh... I never really played I never played Pokemon, so I didn't get the the red beats green, green beats blue, blue beats red kind of deal. Like I I played Mercs the day it came out and I was like, oh this is this is fun, but nah.
0: Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You had trouble with those colors, but you were able to detect the contrast (laughs) on a Twitter graphic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling shenanigans. (laughs)
1: <laughs> blue bee threat is way too much for me but no, I, I can't
2: because I, I, you're in game there's like all these these things and you know there's different abilities and i'm like wait so if i attack here and then i would always end up attacking the wrong thing and i would take double damage instead of doing the double damage and i'd be like i don't like this i'm out of here <laughs> understandable <laughs>
0: yeah i maintain it's a good game with bad systems so the 24.6 update is a big update to some of those systems. We'll see if that changes the calculus there. But suffice to say, it's been an interesting year for the Mercenaries mode. Uh, no fanfare in the game. Nothing in the mailbox about it today.
1: The only way I knew is I think it might have been Ben who tweeted it's always ben. something ben ben about it. Ben. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, I think we can safely say internally where they thought the mode was going to go versus where it ended up going are pretty different places. Um, and the focus was put back into battlegrounds uh, and fair. standard, of course. So, but we're also going to focus on standard in this next section. In this next section, because I hope uh, you like talking about zoo, as we sure do. Hit it very hard.
1: Wanna oh, post something up? Ha ha ha
0: ha! Time to pay. So, curse imp warlock. It's fun. It's purple. Joss is winning games with it.
1: I know it's wild, it's eh? and there was there was a whole kind of conversation starting at the beginning of the Masters tour because there was kind of like half the people that brought Warlock went with the pure imp version, and the other half went with the curse uh, and imp kind of hybrid to have a little bit more of that like late game. If you push me off the board, if you have a controlling strategy, I still have some damage from hand I can deal. Um, And I think that that there was a whole big conversation about, you know, which one's better. Is it better to be purely aggressive and on the board all the time? Or is it better to have the kind of curse backup? And I really think that, uh, and obviously um, it was part of the winning lineup, but I think that the, the curse version, especially in, This meta is the far superior version. Like I have won games off the back of curses because like against decks that just do not let me have board. And I'm like, okay, fine. You know what, then curse, 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 and you're dead. (laughs) It's so much fun. It's so satisfying to like have that backup and not just get pushed because there's so many things I feel like when we first started playing Zoo, like way back in the day, like classic Hearthstone. It was really hard to get pushed off the board. A lot of the big board wipes were, you know, they came late in the game. They were expensive and there weren't that many of them. But now it feels like there's so many ways to like silence your stuff and push you off the board. That doesn't necessarily happen really, really, really late. There's lots of removal spells now and lots of options for most classes. So Zoo itself, just a straight up aggressive board only strategy isn't as powerful as it used to be, and I think it needs the curses to get over the that last hump, especially now that they've printed Renathal and people have that extra ten health.
0: Yes, it's you think back to the glory days of Hearthstone, back to the Rainad era of Zoo, as it were, and uh, just back to the old school days. Is what you were looking at was you got bored, you pushed some damage, there was no rush in the game, and then you close things out with. Soulfire, Power Overwhelming, and Doomguard. So, Soulfire and Doomguard, you were able to do some bursts from hand. When they rotated Doomguard, Zoo really kind of disappeared from standard, except for there was a Magic Carpet Zoo list that did all right in Rise of Shadows. Uh, Dark Lair was a pretty busted card, then they nerfed it, then they nerfed it again, then they nerfed it a third time. Um, and Flesh Giant Zoo, which was k- not really Zoo, kind of sort of Zoo. But also Darklair deck in Stormwind was like, okay, but that was all about playing really fast eight eights, Different kind of ball game. So what we're looking at here, the elevator pitch, aggro start, control tools, damage from hand. You get to kind of do it all. You get to do a little bit of everything. And you have some pretty flexible game plans as well. Vigil, you been playing any of this? After you guys...
2: Send me the show notes, and we, you guys said that we're talking about this in the strategy section. I hadn't had any previous time with the deck, so I played a little bit today. Um, I went eight and seven, so a little over 50%. And I played the aggro, aggro demon, uh, lock like when it, when the set first came out and found that it was really fun. But like, you know, like you said, like you get, you get wiped and you're kind of, kind of out of it you're like you have no real comeback mechanics so that's where the curse stuff comes in and i was playing the curse stuff and for me i found that a lot of stuff like what helped me get back into it too was doing the brand and i don't know the name of the card the life the one that you get you gain life for the curses damage they do they, they take cool They're cool yes I found out that that card kept me in a lot of games that I would have normally been dead on the crackback, so um I like having these sort of um different ways to attack a situation like you can start off aggro if you know they're kind of a slower you know deck you get out there with imps and you you know you play wicked shipment on turn one like you don't even think about trying to like cycle it to get to get you know more imps on the board to to do whatever so um. Uh like I said I'm 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 new to the deck. I I just played it for the first time today and I'm a little over 50%, so not great results, but um it it seems like a great deck and I think people, you know, who are much better at the game than I am can can uh you know, can can do well with it, but uh I I thought it was fun. Another another card that was really um was really good was the one that um Lady Darkvane. So she comes in with two two Two, two, one death rattles, and it's the they copy the last shadow spell you cast, so you know if it's an abyssal wave or if it's the uh drag drag below drag below, below, yeah, yep. so if it's either of those cards, that's just adding more curses to their to their hand, and like I found that it's just the damage adds up so quick, and it you're you're not even you're not even like actively doing anything, you're kind of just like playing the board playing the game like oh this is a board wipe, but also you're taking damage oh this is developing but you're also taking damage oh this is a three four but you're also taking damage so it's like it it, yeah. it i i like having the 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 kind of uh y uh late game uh stuff at the end too
1: it kind of feels like um the curses are incidental like the curse cards themselves are good enough that you would Play them whether they give a curse or not. So, like Abyssal Wave, it's nice to just have the board clear against a lot of different opponents. You know, the Drag Below, it's nice to have some targeted removal. It's nice to just play like the the three four on three, like that's just solidly statted minion. And early on, I think um, you basically like a lot of those curses are just you know ones twos, not not so much of of kind of a worry. But it does ramp up so quickly, I think, that sometimes your opponents don't even kind of realize. Because I've seen people hang on to curses, and I'm like, dude, that's like 10 damage, just that one cart. (laughs) Like, it's five each time. Get rid of it. What are you doing? (laughs) And so I think that um, it's nice that if they don't take both ticks of the curse, like, if they play it out, like, you're also disrupting their curve and what they get to do with their deck. So... I mean, like, I'm I'm glad that curses ended up being in like such a, a good viable place because I feel like curse warlock was something you could play in. Um, oh my god, my brain! I swear, COVID
0: sucks. I believe you. The
1: previous expansion.
0: <laughs> uh, voyage to the sunken city.
1: Voyage. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, fuck my brain right now. <laughs> okay so yeah like you could play curses and voyage but it's obviously much better now like with the two packages put together that's it that's all i'm saying
0: it's it's okay listen your brain has been functioning well enough to win games with it uh, something you did mention is that it took you uh, like 15 ish games to figure it out and then something clicked for you do you remember what you started doing differently
1: Um, Honestly, like it was more so um, knowing my opponents, like knowing the meta, but then also like kind of realizing how important it is to just like get your imp stuff in early game because the imp stuff isn't really all that powerful in the mid to late game. Like you kind of have to go aggressive imps and then curses later because There are so many combos with the curses like there. It's fine to kind of like get one or two online early if you don't really have anything else to do. But when you're talking about like comboing with Bran, when you're talking about comboing with Tamsin, like you can start to get those curses in their hand so quickly. If you just wait until like six, seven, eight mana instead of playing them out on like three and four mana and just getting the one in. So I think like. Focusing my mulligan specifically on trying to find like my early libraries, my early imp cards, like the um, oh my god,
0: Fiendish Circle,
1: the one, um, the yeah, the circle one that gives you the four one ones, yeah, like having that online because you also have um, a couple of things that get better with the infuse, right? So your Imp King reform and your Mischievous Imps, like having all those little one ones is like feeding your hand at the same time. So I think like focusing solely on imps in the early game and then transitioning to curses later when you have a little bit more mana and you can make some of those combos happen. I think that was kind of like the turning point for me where I just kind of started to understand the deck a little bit more. Cause uh, yeah, like imp King or is fine later on, but um, really and truly you kind of want him on cur like him as soon as possible. Like, cause he is so much pressure, right? So you know focusing on imps in your first three or four turns and then transitioning when you can combo is is much better
2: i i found uh it might just be where i am in the in in the rankings right now, but i found that I came across a lot of aggressive decks and it was pretty tough to deal with like aggro d h was kind of crapping on me um oh yeah, that's a rough matchup. Yeah, I think I went I think I even went 50 50 against Relic DH like there were times where like they didn't send a chance and there was times where they just like they just like Relic like nonstop. And I was like, I can't do anything about this, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a meta counter, but it's 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 definitely viable and and pretty strong in the in the current meta, I would I would think.
0: Yeah, it's one of the better decks of the moment and. Joss, I agree with you my perfect opening hand if I'm going first. is like librarian library circle mischievous in that order. That's one, two, three, four, that really nice curve that just keeps you on board there. um and developing in the early game with this deck is very important.
1: <laughs> eh.
0: um but it but really, though, but it is' cause it's when you get in the board early. You get to push with that. It's a lot easier to do damage over the top than when you're starting at full life total. Your curses, they take a while to build up. Take a minute. So the mulligans that we're looking for in general, you've got you've got kind of the the three different things going on in this deck. You've got imp stuff, you've got curse stuff, you got big bomb legendaries. There are a couple other things that are like resourcey cards. Brand goes well with your curse stuff later. Same with Little Tammy. Uh Impending Catastrophe, you'll specifically call out. You can draw a ton of cards with that in the mid-game. This is the 2 mana spell that it draws you a card and then draws one more for each imp you have. Don't keep it. And if you can <laughs> choose between a playing more imps in the first five or six turns or playing this and drawing a few cards, probably just play the imps. Later game, you play a bunch of imps for cheap and use this as a draw engine to get to more curses, but don't play it instead of developing. The first five to six turns, especially if you can refine on curve, because I have reformed coining a full reform on five is disgusting. If you get to full coin a fully infused reform on five, it's great.
1: Yeah. I think that um, catastrophe itself just feels like such a ridiculous card. It's definitely a trap of the deck because it feels so powerful. It is so powerful. I routinely draw like five to seven cards off this thing. It's gross and stupid. And when a card is that gross and stupid, it feels like something you should keep, right? You're just like, this card is insane. I need this. I need this. I have to have this. But you don't need the card draw that early. You're a warlock. You have a button for that. So it really, really feels like the thing that like, once you have more mana and you've spewed all your cards out onto the board, that's the time when you want a catastrophe. And that's usually like way down in the mid game. Like we're talking, you know, turn six, seven, that kind of thing. And then when you play it, you totally refill your hand, which is great, and that'll find you some of your game-ending cards, but you definitely don't need to take up a spot in your mulligan with that. It is a huge trap.
2: you keep any of the
0: infused cards in your hand off the start? It depends. <laughs> yes. Yes. But sometimes, perhaps even often. So general mulligan rule, ones, via library, and fiend to circle. That is your general rule. When I say ones, I mean proactive one-mana cards. I don't usually mean Grimoire or Touch of the Nathrezim, though if you are sure that your opponent is playing Iron Deep Trogs, you may keep one of those. Assuming that you think they're playing specifically an Iron Deep Trog deck, you have to know because usually you don't want these cards, but if they're going wide and they're playing Trogs and Peasants and whatever and then you just uh, Grimoire or Sacrifice them, the game kind of ends. That's kind of nice, but you can't depend on that. Joss, I know you you have a pretty good sense for when you're keeping those things.
1: Yeah, I think that um, the, the thing that I found is that because this deck, in terms of actual cards that make imps, you've basically got your flame imps and then you've got your, sorry, I guess like minions that make imps. You've got your flame imps and then you've got your mischievous imps. But a lot of your other imp generation is the Fiendish Circle and the the one mana tradable... Um, shipment, wicked shipment. Shipment, wicked shipment, Yeah. And so like you want to play spells to make your imps in order to kind of juice your infuse cards. And so if you do see a trog on the other side of the board, like you're making one ones with your spells and they're making one twos with your spells. <laughs> so, you know, like you want to have a way to deal with the trog. So if you think that you're going to be in a trog matchup or in um anything that's kind of like board base like that where it's going to be kind of backbreaking if you do see a peasant or a trog because you know there's also a lot of decks that the deeper they draw the more quickly they'll kill you (laughs) so you don't want to see a peasant on the other side either um i think usually uh touch is a really good keep in those specific cases but most of the time you do want to throw them back Um, Because you also don't need the healing that early in the game, but it might be relevant later on. And touch is also a shadow spell, so it does synergize with Lady Darkvein. So if you do need some more healing later on, then you can, you know, like obviously it's not um, targeted, but you know, you're upping your chances. I've like killed one of my shades that then that touch has killed the other shade and then that touch has killed something else. And then so you get a bunch of healing in that way as well. So it does have some uses and some combos later on. But it is a really invaluable tool if you want to clear some stuff off the board. And if you see her against Druid, I mean, it's kind of a, at least in my matchups, it's been a 50-50, right? Whether they're going to be an aggressive um, aggro Druid with the uh, trogs and with the Peasants, or if it's going to be a ramping kind of Druid. And um, I think probably (laughs) that the the ramp Druid's only going to get better with the Hunter nerfs, I would think. Hat, correct me if I'm wrong, but...
0: um, Ramp Druid's gonna change for sure. And, uh, like right now, Ramp Druid is tuned pretty well to beat Hunter. It's focused on that. And Zoo is happy to see that. So the Druid list will change. I do think that Druid will probably see a little bit more play because everything will see a little bit more play as Hunter sees less play, and Zoo is probably happy for that. You might be able to even get away against a Druid with keeping a Grimoire, assuming you have other stuff to do because your other stuff is theoretically good enough, so you keep the cards for your bad Mm -hmm. matchups because you don't need them in your good matchups. You You could see it that way. I could see it that way.
1: I would say that they also, like... I'm keeping touch or grimoire in like maybe one out of every like five or six matches. Like it's really not something I keep normally. Um, It's very much just like if I if I look at the other cards that I have in my mulligan and think I'm going to get blown out if I don't have an answer and then they play this, then that's the time where I keep one. If I've got enough other tools that if they don't have it, I've still got something else to do. But you never want to keep, like, Touched and Grimoire and all of my reaction cards. Like, you still want to be aggressive and proactive in your first few turns. You just want to make sure that you have a tool to shut down their answer to your stuff.
0: Yep. And to answer your question, Vigil, I keep Mischievous imp more than I don't. More than half the time, if I have something to do in the first two turns, like it's, if my hand is, if the only proactive play I have in the first couple turns is via library, probably not keeping Mischievous Imp, I want to find a one or a, a circle, but if I have any proactive one or a circle, I'm probably keeping Mischievous Imp. But I usually keep it if
1: I have a shipment. Like if I know yeah. I'm going to be able to make 2 one ones, 1-1s, which is two-thirds of what you need to juice up the Imp, then... I, I keep that uh that kind of combo because I'm fairly certain that I'm gonna draw something that's gonna put one more minion on the board in the kind of in turns two and three. So, you know, I'm I'm confident in my deck <laughs> to provide me with that third infuse, so I would keep it. I don't keep Rafawn though. I I don't think ever.
0: If I'm on the coin and I got like and I got like a, a 1 in a circle, I'm keeping that bad boy. And I am holding the coin. That's fair. <laughs> and that, because if, if I know from my opening hand, if I have Flame Imp and Fiend Circle and rafam on the coin, I am playing that Rafam juiced up on 5, and that is too good to say no to. It is, I will not keep him going first. I will only keep him on the coin. I could see, like, there might be, if my hand was Shipment Library refam and I was against a Priest or something, I would think about it but going second on the coin with a couple good things to do i am pretty likely to keep her farm and that means i am committing that coin to turn five and gonna have the discipline to not coin something out sooner because
1: <laughs> going uh, i don't yeah. have any of that discipline at all
2: <laughs> yeah me, I'm me, me neither either. i'm like I should just coin this out right now.
0: Yeah. Like, I want to see. Wouldn't save it be this. great if I coined a three on two? Yeah. <laughs> I mean now sometimes it is. Sometimes it is good. If you have <laughs> if you had flustered librarian into coin circle into Syracuse Cultist, that's a really nice curve right there, right? You attack for five on turn mm-hmm. two and then you play three, four, and you deal one damage. Like it's a pretty good spot to be in. And sometimes that's gonna be how your hand turns out. But also, if you can wait a minute and then you can coin at the Rafam on five for a full board that's plenty too it's just fine
2: so yeah but you said wait a minute i want to get them now i i understand this impulse <laughs> now
1: is better than later
2: yeah, now. yeah and
0: now is better and all i have to do is give the coin like now <laughs> right now so let's talk through we're a minion deck that's also playing a bunch of board clears so there can be an interesting tension there where it's turn five or whatever, you have a bunch of stuff going on. Then they slowly start to catch up and you start to wonder, when am I playing these Abyssal Waves? When am I playing this this Dreadlidge Tamsin? Probably when whenever you have the mana for her. But if you're ahead on board, you don't want to blow up your own stuff to start giving them curses or drawing some cards. But there are points in many matchups where you start to realize, I'm losing the board. It's time to go... At least start the curse mode transformation. If you're against a Hydralodon, you can bump it and then wave. Absolutely. If you're against uh, boards that start getting bigger, like it, against a spooky mage, they'll start making a bunch of skeletons. They'll play a multicaster or a hero, Dawn Grasp or whatever. They'll start freezing your stuff. Once your minions stop being relevant and theirs start being relevant, that's a good opportunity to kind of pivot into the AoE mode. Or you can just use your drag belows here or there just to, you know, poke them a little bit. Get something out of the way so you can push a little bit more face damage. And the curses, so they add up pretty fast. I Joss, I found this to be true many times where if I get to play three or four curse cards, my opponent can't spend all of their mana on their stuff because then they die. And they don't want to be dead, so they play my curses instead. Really love when that happens. And they ramp up really, really fast, especially if you have little Tammy. Or if you have a Mm -hmm. brand cultist on six, don't be afraid to throw your brand out there on turn six with a cultist. That's more than good enough.
1: Yeah, that was another mistake that I made kind of early on was was trying to save my my brand for like something crazy huge and backbreaking like, you know, a a brand a for when I my curses were up to like five, six and seven so I could get a whole bunch of healing and it was basically like Reno and then it was like. Yeah, but if I did it earlier, they'd just be dead earlier, and then I have, would have won earlier. And yeah, early Bran is fine. If you like Bran and any battle cry is going to be good because the battle cries in your deck are really good anyway. Like I've used Bran alongside Rafaam, Bran alongside um, Lady Darkvein to get like four two ones with all my shadow spells. Oh, yeah. Like
0: Bran Darkvein is gross. If you get an Abyssal yeah. Wave going, nothing survives and they die.
1: And they get four curses. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's, uh, yeah, it's the kind of thing where it's something that I held on to and you don't have to. It's like basically, as soon as you have something to play with brand, just do it. Just play it because it's going to be powerful.
0: I was playing yesterday and I tempoed out turn three, brand, turn four, build your own mischievous imp. Because the, the battle cry was doubled. So I got my extra three, three, anyways. I just didn't even have to work for it. I just played the brand on three.
2: <laughs> uh, Uh, My question to you was, uh, is it better to is it better to have to save up and do like this big bomb combo play where all this stuff happens with brand? Or is it better to just make them explode? What do you what do you like better?
0: This seems like a question where you already know the answer.
2: (laughs) I do. I just want to hear you say it because I know you like to get them.
0: It's true. But if you're doing it for content. You're doing it for your stream to thine own self be true visual. If you know your stream is not there for the wins, but it's there for the wins that send a message, you do what you feel is right. My stream is there
2: just to, to watch me loose and make fun of me every step of the way. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what I do. Even if I win the game, they'll just say I got lucky. So nothing I can do.
0: <laughs> well, I believe that with the fine strategy tips provided here by Jocelyn, just a little bonus from myself, that you'll be able to find some wins for your stream too, if you so desire. Let's talk matchups real quick. What are the decks that we want to see? Slow decks that are vulnerable to waves of pressure and also from hand damage. Ramp Druid, Paladin, Mage, Relic DH, Shaman, Quest Priest, Thief Priest. There are a lot of these in standard right now. And they're all just ready to eat some curses what about matchups that we're not as confident joss got a couple that stand out to you hunter sucks yes we don't love play it's not even our worst matchup but we don't love playing against it because it's the best deck yeah
1: they just they just like visual said earlier don't run out of stuff and even though i feel like this deck um due to a lot of the tools that you have whether it's your hero power and then your Tanzan hero power later on generating imps and ability that you have to card draw and stuff i still feel like i get to the end of my deck and the hunter still has stuff and i'm like this is just not fair so yeah i don't love playing against um hunter i i'm pretty confident against anything that's not a renathal deck because i can usually run them down pretty quickly but um that and then like priests that make big stuff because we're okay on wide boards we tend to be able to like either specifically target something with our drag below to to kill it for four health, which when you're going on wide boards, usually you don't see stuff that has super huge big butts. Um, but priests really, really, really like to make one or two things that are really, really big and our abyssal waves don't really do anything against that. Like we don't really have single target removal regardless of size so um and usually priests can be a bit of a bit of a pain but if you can keep them off the board which you do have a lot of tools whether it's trading with all of your imps or whether it's you know targeting it specifically when it's still small like if you let a priest get to the point where they have eight nine ten mana like they're just gonna do all their stuff in one turn and there's not too much you can do but if you can keep them off the board early you can usually kill them fast enough, I found. But yeah, big one single big minion is really hard to deal with, and then Hunters.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not even one single big minion. It is the card Boon of the Ascended. We don't like Boon of the Ascended. It's two huge minions. One of them has Taunt, can't even Silence it. We don't even run Starfish anymore, but even if we did, wouldn't be good enough. It's Boon of the Ascended decks, like minion decks that get... Big, quickly, are big problems for us. Pride's Fury and Aggro Druid, Imbued Axe and Enrage Warrior of all decks. Bibliomite's kind of huge. As you've noticed from your experience Vigil, Aggro DH will smack you around because they have Battleworn Vanguard, Bibliomite, and then a bunch of damage from hand. They're just what we do, but faster. Um, And then Big Butt, Mini Priest. Oh, and also, if you run into any of them, Quest Hunter's not a good time for us because we (laughs) self-damage... And curses progress their quest. Luckily, they've nerfed this deck twice.
2: I've been I've been a quest hunter pre, pre last nerf, and got a bunch of curses in my hand. It was just I was drawing air. I was drawing like a viper or something, like some a minion. After I finished my quest, and I'm like, I need spell to do damage. They just load me up with three or four curses, and I'm like, okay, curse hero power, curse hero power, curse hero power, curse hero power awesome so yeah uh quest hunters not not fun but you won't see them so don't worry
0: yay okay well that's gonna wrap up our strategy section we have some breaking news that joss is hurriedly trying to update the notes before i get to it but she doesn't remember how fast i talk here's the breaking news bumper (laughs) breaking news yes that's the new (laughs) bumper um that's amazing we, we just got given odds on how frequently you will open golden cards
1: i think that's fun before we go too far into it on odds um this is when we're talking about packs on average it's that's within one set right like all of the odds of getting cards are within one type of pack so like um it would be four very specifically, Castle Nathria. If you then went and uh, opened something from Voyage, that is a totally different, like, pity timer, right? Correct. So it's not 181 packs in total. It's like 181 packs from Nathria and from Voyage and from Classic
0: and on and on and on. And this is on average. So, yes. For, for reference, on the same page. I shouldn't in, have called it
1: a pity timer. That was bad that was well, bad no, on me.
0: <laughs> you're you're there is a confirmed pity timer for regular legendaries and standard packs that we know yes. about. It's forty packs. So on this page that discusses pack odds, a normal legendary it says is in you will get one on average every twenty packs. So the pity timer we can roughly extrapolate. The worst case scenario is roughly double this this is roughly halfway because on average you'll you'll have some good runs you'll have some bad runs you will see golden legendaries i guess the worst case scenario uh, you, assuming the same logic which may or may not even be true here is every 362 packs so lo- that means that if you're doing a, f- a full pack opening you got 200 something packs of uh, of the new set you may not even see a golden legendary at all possible but on average every 181 packs on average Golden Epics every 71, Golden Rares every 15, Golden Commons every 13. So this is new information. There is a pack rarity odds page that you can find for regular card packs, mercenaries packs, whatever, that discloses all of this stuff to get ahead of gambling laws. It roughly gives you a guide as to what you're going to get out of packs on average and also how duplicate protection works.
1: We actually have have an email talking about card rarity, so I thought that was a pretty good little segue there. <laughs> well, that's
0: a great idea. Why don't I just hit this bumper button then? Hello. Hello, it's me. Hello. Um, just quickly, do you get my message? Yep. Oh. Hello, brother. <laughs> <laughs> We've got time for a couple emails here, and thank you so much, everyone, that wrote in. Uh, You can send your emails to attackpodcast at gmail.com, or you can join our patron-only Discord and ask us directly there, which is where these questions are from, because our patrons are wonderful and intelligent. So, first question here from Disc GTI: What function does card rarity play in a game like Hearthstone Beyond Monetization? How does it make the game more fun, challenging, or rewarding? Well, that's a big question, but I think we can at least say in Hearthstone... Legendary means you only get one copy in deck instead of two. That's a direct gameplay impact. But rares, commons, epics—why aren't they all just commons? Thoughts, vigil. Explain rarity As- to me. Sorry, goss. Explain das, rare. Explain. <laughs> one of you. One of you talk.
1: <laughs> well done, Matt. Um, yeah, I feel like. Um, from what I remember of like very, very early days Hearthstone and uh, all, obviously a lot of the philosophies have changed on the dev team, games have been out for a really long time. But from what I remember from their early design philosophy, common cards were a little bit more simplistic. Um, and then kind of as you ramped up in difficulty, the or sorry, in rarity, the difficulty of kind of like understanding how and when to use the card and the effects on those cards starts to ramp up with rarity as well. Don't really feel like that's necessarily the case anymore. They seem to split a lot of effects. Even if we look at like, we're talking about the curse warlock that we just did for the strategy section, like those curses, which can kind of be hard to wrap your head around are tied to cards of all rarities. Right? So I think that that design philosophy might have gone out the window a little bit, but I think that's where um, the original, rarity conversation kind of that's where it all started that's where it came from if i remember correctly again it was like nine years ago (laughs)
0: yeah epics are the weird ones epics are always weird cards right and it used to be tied into how often would you see them in an arena because they were balanced by rarity which is you know it's still a card game anachronism of like some pieces of paper are printed more than other pieces of paper it's inherently still a monetization structure but they do use rarity in different ways I I
1: totally forgot about Arena. (laughs) Sorry, Arena.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to bring up the limited uh, implications of that because a game, you know, draw directly from a game like Magic Magic the Gathering where you open up a set booster and in the set booster, there's mostly commons. There's a couple, uh, you know, rares, but they're called uh, uncommons. And then there's one rare, which is, I guess, the, essentially the legendary. So when you draft and limited, you only have access to one unless somebody, you know, passes you one. So it's really I was going to say it's a limited implication, but I don't even think they do that in limited now. I think they still just go by card win rate, right? Or something like that. Or?
1: Yeah, they have buckets. I think yeah. buckets kind of replaced rarity.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good question. I don't I don't. I don't know how they, I don't know how how Rarity works
0: now. That's crazy. I mean, it's it's a monetization thing. They need the cards to cost different amounts to give the dust system more value and to make packs more compelling. And it's a model that we've known for a long, long time in cards. And also like opening cool things is exciting. There's value to think about some of the most exciting streams. So, so I, I before the year crafting happened, I only did three streams a year, where I would stream all of my pack openings, and people tune in. They like that sort of thing because it's exciting. You know, it's yeah, artificial scarcity, <laughs> whatever.
1: wow legendary sound right here. That if I actually tried to do it, would probably destroy my lungs. But yeah, <laughs> but it's like very exciting. Holy light it's very legendary.
0: That one. There it is. <laughs> yes. So golden legendaries, very like it's it's you know, shiny stuff is fun. I don't really have a better way yeah. to explain it. Yeah, but opening up a
2: legendary doesn't mean that it's good or a meta player like or, or yeah, even. It's, Epic, it's like, not
1: tied to to gameplay in terms of like if I open a legendary, I automatically have a viable meta deck.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, because there's you know, like say if you open up an epic, you're like, I can have two of these, but these are both garbage. So I wish I didn't open this. Like the <laughs> whatever the the dude paladin one is the promotion or whatever it's called. That one, like you're like, I don't want to open this card. I'd rather have a card that I want to play with. Like I don't care the rarity. Give me a common that I'm gonna use. You know, I don't know.
0: So to answer your question, just GTI rarity is a path inside the human psyche to determine people's perspectives on uh, fortune or misfortune. <laughs> That's what it seems to be. Uh, got one more question. Josh said she was going to read it. I'm not going to allow her. I'm going to read it. Uh, so Dazzledorn said, Hardly anyone uses emotes anymore in Hearthstone. What could Team 5 do to change this? I miss the back and forth banter. Come out with new emotes maybe? Give players three choices for each emote when selecting them? I know sometimes people can BM them, but playing games against people never having interactions is sometimes dull. I will tell you, you want emotes. There is a button in the Hearthstone launcher. It is called Wild. Click that. You will find emotes. There seem to be a lot of those there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do think there are some interesting ideas here. I love the idea of equipable emotes. We're doing it in BGs. I'd love to do that in, uh, in Standard 2. Maybe they allow Canadian players to equip Sorry.
1: Oh my God. That would be so amazing. I miss Sorry. But honestly, I think my, my issue, or I guess the reason that I don't emote anymore is because there's kind of too many of them i understand um like cosplaying as a hero almost when you equip a skin but i get the same problem now using my emotes like i pick the skin for purely visual reasons and i have the same problem with emotes that i often have in any of those games that have dialogue choices where it's like the dialogue choice says something like agree or disagree. And then like you pick agree and then like you're, you're, character says this like speech and you're just like wow that was a whole lot of information i wasn't intending to convey and i find the same thing with hearthstone emotes Is like i want to say well played but i'm playing it's like Tamsin, for example she's a jerk yeah (laughs) so like i specifically don't emote because i feel like even when i'm choosing the nice emotes i'm being a dick and i in general try not to be a dick So when there's just some certain heroes, and especially when I haven't played as that skin before, where I'm almost like afraid to emote because I don't want to make my opponent feel bad. Like, I might want to say, like, greetings, hello. But then it says, like, why am I wasting my time with you? And I was like, that was not what I intended to convey.
0: (laughs) Every time I play against Tamsin, she emotes me. I'm like, man, what a total lich.
2: (laughs) That is that the show title right there. What a total lich! I'm writing it down.
0: <laughs> Joss wasn't ready. She's still dying. Okay, that's how I know that I did a good job because she needs to drink some water to wash that pun out of her mouth. Um, but that yeah, was it's terrible. <laughs> thank you. I was that's what I was going for. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, and there's also there's been so much discussion around what is bming. Uh, Like, over the past couple of years in Hearthstone, people get really sensitive about it. I remember Kyle Knudsen, who was the first admin of Master's Tour qualifiers, said the number one most common complaint that he received was players winning and then GGing first. That was the number one complaint (laughs) the person that ran qualifying tournaments for professional Hearthstone players received. Which just goes to show you that people are babies. But... Well, that people are are
1: very impacted by the actions of others, right? Like it's you can get into people's heads pretty easily in a lot of cases. And I mean, I'm totally guilty of it, too. Like I, I squelch people all the time because I'm like, you can emote me once or twice and totally throw off my game for the next like three matches. <laughs> like I am super, super guilty of it um of like being very vulnerable to that kind of behavior, I guess. Um I don't think I'd ever complain to an admin, but, you know, <laughs> to yeah. each their own.
0: <laughs> it's I like someone can have one emote. And if they emote when I'm about to lose, if I'm roping and they have lethal on board and they emote, I'm like, shut the hell up. But, you know, there are some times where they like they'll do something funky or some crazy thing will happen with Rune of the Archmage and they hit me with a greeting, so I'm like, all right, that's kind of funny. Right. It's but it's <laughs> people are gonna emote in their own ways. I would like the idea of new emotes or emote selections. And yeah, sometimes there are a couple of heroes that are just mean people.
1: Yeah, they're not super nice. mean.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and then you have the the, you know, the inverse of that. You have like uh someone like Nimsey who it sounds like she's being nice, <laughs> but you're like, you're kind of being like sarcastic. You're kind of being a jerk. Even though you're like, yeah, it's like, little... you
1: think that your opponent knows exactly how she sounds and they're being even more BM because they know she's so cutesy and they're just like, oh, this is going to cut him deep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I do love that Nemzi's greetings is, Did you eat yet? I think that's just a fun, very characteristic <laughs> greeting. But yeah. Um curious to see how Team Five handles this. There have been rumors about autosquelch going around forever, and I know that there was mm. like I think there were a couple mentions of it on the features. like I think Celeste has tweeted about it here or there, just saying that like it's something they were at least starting to think about talking about. I don't know if that'll get anywhere. If they put Autosquelch in the game, they can get much more aggro with emotes because people can just turn them off. so I don't know what yes, that's going to look yeah. like or if that's ever going to happen. Something to think about.
1: Even if they just had like a little a little um like flicker um thingy, like a, a selector a underneath each hero, a, a switch s- under each hero yeah. that was like, do you wanna play as like nice Tamsin or mean Tamsin? Like <laughs> just let me choose no nice if Tamsin. I want to be like since sincere emotes or mean emotes. <laughs> Go.
0: <laughs> it's maybe you could filter by nice and mean heroes. Maybe if there Ooh, was that, just that like, would be fine too. <laughs> maybe you could just do like a light side or dark side toggle in the collection screen. If, like, I only want the light side heroes, I was gonna say, what about like uh Ragnaros? He's
2: just he's just yelling all the time, but he's not being mean. He's just ye- <laughs> he's just very, <laughs> yeah, he's just very excited about whatever's happening.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it really like especially because chat room, and I know we've already mentioned this too, talking about the customized emote thing. Um, I think you do also need to kind of remember that that would be a lot of work. There's a lot of heroes in the game now. We're not talking just about um, like those three heroes that we had access to for the first like five years of Hearthstone. Like we're literally getting hero portraits like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them a month. Like that is a lot of voice acting. That's a lot of thought. That's a lot of going back and like not fixing, but changing those heroes to make sure that they would fit into a customized emote like it's not quite the same as bgs where you're just basically like dragging a jpeg and that's what you use right like these it's a lot of voice acting there's a lot of work that went into all of this so you know it would be quite a big undertaking and like our heroes might then start to cost more money as a result like there's a lot of impacts on implementing a system like this on the standard side of things that they don't face the same sort of challenges in on the BG side. So, I mean, like we could just have pictures in standard but I think a lot of people like the voice lines, so it's it's not a, it's not as easy a solve I think as uh, you know you can't just drag and drop because like I mean I guess maybe you could just like drag and oh, drop man. rags <laughs> like rag coming out of Tanzan <laughs> that would be cool
0: <laughs> I want to be yeah. nemsy and then I want to hit greeting and I want to say you face Jeroxas like I just want that to come out <laughs> of a mean, tiny gnome.
1: also could be amazing but we generally don't get that level of crazy customization in blizzard titles because i think they're afraid of what we're going to do with it we can't be trusted with that kind of power
0: <laughs> that's
2: too much power yeah for, for as for as interesting of a topic as this as this is and as cool as this feature would be i would rather just have a better client personally i think they they should just <laughs> work on that because there's the amount of times that i've been like this is
0: so clunky and slow. Get out here slow. with your logic vigil. They're different <laughs> teams. They're different teams. This would be I, I know, this would I be know. cosmetics or whatever, maybe even features, but like the the the, the things I want to be better in the client are nothing to do with the features. They're all about stability and connectivity. That's the kind of stuff and performance, nothing to do with this team unfortunately, because if everyone could just like get in a room for a month and then come out and the Hearthstone client was way more stable and didn't disconnect anymore, like I would I I'm cool with that. I'm all right. I don't think that's how the world works.
2: I think I think I think Joss mentioned this too. like, you know, back in the day there there weren't a lot of hero portraits and stuff. And like they, they were so slow to release in that. It was like you were excited and I had them all. And like at some point it just got overwhelming. And I was like, I can't keep up with this. Like I owned everything in the game. And then it got to a point where I was like, there's no shot I'm going to keep up with this. There's It's yep. like crazy. And I remember a tipping point, honestly, the tipping point was for me when I saw Leroy Jenkins as a paladin hero portrait. I snap bought it, even though Paladin is my least favorite class, snap bought it just to have it. And I was like, oh, man, let's go. Let's go. I'll fire up a paladin game. And I emoted, it. And I'm like, what is this? This is not <laughs> oh, the voice I didn't like, get the. I they couldn't get the original voice actor. <laughs> Dude, I got I got burned on that and i was like ah, i'm gonna be very very cautious about very picky portraits. <laughs> very very picky about portraits i buy from here on out because i got smoked on that one
0: ironic that you rushed into leroy and got punished for it. <laughs> <laughs> that, i said
2: leroy jenkins as there's I some it
0: deep-seated lore ramifications there it's 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 ironic on a meta level so listeners, we're going to let you all marinate on that. And if you don't know about the original Wildly Ridge Angels, go ahead and look it up. It's fantastic. Um, but we're going to wind down the show here. But we want to give thanks to all of you, especially our epic patrons who directly support us. You can become a TAC patron by going to patreon.com slash TAC. Becoming a TAC patron gives you access to the TAC Discord, other perks, ad-free episodes, you know, the good stuff. You get to support us. We want to give extra special thanks to our Patreon producers, Dustin C. and Jarrett F. Uh, you can go find all of our shows, all the show notes over on TheAngryChicken.com. You can follow the show on TAC Podcast on Twitter and catch the live show. We usually do Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. ish at twitch.tv slash JossPlays. We're big on the ish these days, so, you know, don't feel need to show up right away because we sure don't. Um, personal stuff, <laughs> vigil, where can we find you and your stuff? uh
2: you can find me
0: on uh
2: all social media vigil sc vigil is my last name sc is uh my gaming stuff uh my band is called the ghost inside you can check it out there um you can follow my personal socials if you want i don't uh interact with them as much as i do my gaming stuff
0: so follow me there okay joss where can people find you
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. I'm at JossPlays. That's J-O-C-E Plays. And do go check out the Gamers Inn. Uh, We are doing a game club right now, actually, which is something that we started um, probably about eight months ago or so. We uh, pick a narrative game and then um, someone who's familiar with the game actually goes through and chooses milestones. And then once a week, we have like a Discord uh, conversation about what's happened in the game that week. And it's been really, really fun. And so we're playing God of War, the 2018 title right now. And uh, yeah, so if you guys like God of War, uh, if you want to do a kind of like a playthrough and we try to break it down into about three hour chunks so it's not a huge commitment for everybody every week, um, we're having a lot of fun uh, talking about some of these titles. So I think this is the third game that we've played, but the first one that I've decided to play along with as well. So um, if that sounds like fun, go check out the Gamers in. You can find all that um, over on Twitter. Or you can go to bitly slash tgi discord, uh, not to be confused with the ghost inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's I it's a never different tgi. Put together. Yeah, yeah. That's a different tgi.
2: But believe me, there were many times when Joss has signed off with, with tgi tgi, and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, never mind. Gamers <laughs> in. The gamers in, not the ghost yeah. <laughs> inside.
0: I got it.
1: What about you, Hat? Where can folks find your stuff?
0: You can find me at twitter.com slash ridiculous hat. That is the hub of my Hearthstone content. I do two other Hearthstone podcasts, Coin Conceit, where we make the competitive side of the game more accessible to you over at and Vicious Syndicate, a data-driven look at the high-level legend metagame over at vicioussyndicate.com. But until next time, that's going to do it. Job's done. Job's done. Time's up. Let's do this. Job's done. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> I, had to be, I had to be meta with it. You got there. And Josh just couldn't so resist. Good. The jobs done instincts just kicked right in. Had to be first. Well,
1: I, like Chris, we've never done this where you've hosted the show, so I'm just like, wait, do I still do the first jobs done? Is that waiting for me? What's happening right now? We didn't talk about this.
0: <laughs> Listener, yes, this is how anxious Josh is about everything all the time. And spoilers, <laughs> it was it was fine. <laughs>
1: It wasn't fine. I totally messed it up. (laughs)
0: This is all staying in the show, by the way. (laughs)
1: Bye.
2: i done.